Hey there, thoughtful listener. This is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. I'm so excited to announce our new Thoughtful Entrepreneur High Ticket Sales Coaching Program, which you can try absolutely free. No credit card needed. Head to upmyinfluence.com slash free. We're also actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast, the one you're listening to. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now let's get on with the show. With us right now, it's Gary Gusainov. Gary, you are the CEO of Real Defense, and you are found on the web at realdefend.se. So R-E-A-L-D-E-F-E-N-S dot S-E. Did I get that right? You got it. Awesome. Gary, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. All right. Give us an overview. What is Real Defense? So Real Defense is a consumer and privacy uh, software development company. We sell our products to consumers directly. We also license our technology to companies in the antivirus cybersecurity spectrum, as well as uh, OEM de- uh, partners like hardware manufacturers like Dell and Nova and media companies like Yahoo. Yeah. Okay. So um, where do you fit in? Uh, you know, so I, let's say that, uh, you know, I'm just you know, running my business from my home, you know, obviously doing a lot of stuff. I I don't know if you only work with, well, it doesn't sound like it, right? So you're working directly with consumers. So how might I use your product? Sure. So if you uh, have a computer, and most people do, you're probably one of our customers. And so we more, more, more likely than not, if you're in North America or Western Europe or Japan, you're probably using our technology. Uh, we sell directly to consumers through a brand called Iolo. So it's a very popular brand. It's been yeah. around for about 20 years. We also license the technology stack to other antivirus companies. So um, mm. some of the biggest brands you've heard of, some of the brands that are, that are already probably on your device when you purchased it, come bundled with our technology. So mm. we pretty much cover most of the consumers in the United States, like I said, Europe and, and Japan. Yeah. So, um, and I'm just kind of, so when you go to realdefend.se, um, then you'll see, if you click on our brands, you'll see them all and you'll probably see some that you're familiar with. Um, and so, um, where does, um, you know, obviously you, when you create, what, what was the inception, right? So what came first, and what was your, like, where were your first, did you, you developed IOLO and you went direct to consumer and then found that there were opportunities for uh, strategic alliances then? Actually, we founded Real Defense in only 2017 as a vehicle to acquire various small companies oh, that, are in gotcha. this, that are in the spectrum. And so we, we're a fairly new company, but the companies we have acquired have been around for 10, 15, 20 years. I think IOLO about 22 years. And so we, we, we have engineers and some that have been with us with the company for about 15 to 20 years. And uh, products have been around for a long time, iterations of 20, you know, 20.0 version, 21.0 version. So, um, you know, been around the block in terms of technology stack, but the company, the real defense entity uh, is a fairly new entity. 
Wow. So um, what a what a smart play. And then uh, so what's in it? So if let's say I'm the founder of Iolo, is it just an exit opportunity for me or, uh, you know, in terms of acquisition? Actually, we focus on divestitures and uh, entities that are derivatives of larger companies. So, for instance, Iolo was part of a bigger company and we they wanted to sell it because it wasn't a primary focus. And we came in, we acquired it and kept everyone and all the tech and all the intellectual property and uh, improved on it. And uh, the, the business is now growing. And all of our assets, all the companies we acquire in a similar situation. They're divestitures of larger companies. Yeah. And um, and then, of course, you know, when you bring them into, let's say you, you make an acquisition, you bring it into the fold, um, you, you have an advantage right now kind of being a part of this larger network. And of course, I think one of the strengths of real defense is that you've got a lot of big relationships. So if you have, if you can, if you can offer a solution and you already have the relationship there, it's, it's kind of like an easy, you know, just kind of plug and play profit center essentially. Well, it's you know I wouldn't call it necessarily plug and play profit center, but it's a it's uh-huh. a plug and play opportunity. In other words, yeah. uh, we you know it's a lot easier to buy. It's a lot less risky, I should say, to buy something that's already working, even if it's not working great, uh, versus starting something from scratch. And so, and imagine trying to convince a big company, say Lenovo, for example, or Dell, to take your product or to buy your product, even to start trying your product is a challenge. And so those relationships are are valued uh, highly, and so we we pay for that, and we pay for those opportunities, and we have a team in place that knows how to talk to these big companies and knows how to negotiate with them. And so if you're a startup and you're looking to get into these relationships, you're going to have a, a, a massive hill to climb because they're not responsive. You don't know who to talk to. They have priorities that are different all the time. The people on the top change. And so you, you constantly have to maneuver around that. But if you buy a company, and I'm not saying this is the only way, but this is how we do it. But if you buy a company and has these relationships, you're that much further ahead than your competition. Yeah. Um. So what's the, uh, so let's say there's someone that's like, they're in a different industry, but they're, they look at the a number of relationships, key relationships with big players that you've built. And they say, it would be my dream to be able to do that. So how can someone follow your example? Like what, what would you recommend to them if that was really their long-term play? Sure. So if you decide to go after these types of relationships on your own, you really have to create the least amount of, reduce the barrier to entry as much as possible. A lot of companies, I, I noticed small or large even, when they go approach a big company, they create all kinds of processes and all kinds of you know, obstacles and, and, and friction. And so you have to reduce that friction to, to zero, like make it easy for them to say yes, or even impossible to say no, right? Or impossible to not to do business with you. And so how, you know, how do you do that? Well, you create an offering that's easy to understand. You, you create a contractual relationship that's easy for them to cancel if they don't want to do business with you. If you're going to go do business with General Motors and you're a $5 million company, don't expect General Motors to commit $100 million to doing business with you if, if things don't work out. Okay, so General Motors is not going to commit themselves to a, a massive financial obligation if they don't like your product, right? So 
make it easy for them to cancel, make it easy for them to enter into a relationship with you. And then you'll see things move much faster. You have to create velocity around yourself. And, and yeah. velocity starts from frictionless relationships and not yep. sign this, sign that, bunch of meetings and presentations and wasting time. So, yeah, I completely awesome. agree. Friction is the enemy of sales conversions, in my opinion. It's totally. like, yeah, love that. Um, you know, and advocating for, let's say, small virtual, primarily virtual based companies. Let's say it's an agency and the small business has maybe 10 employees. These folks are often, you know, the team members maybe often taking their laptops, going on public Wi-Fi. Um, do you mind me asking you maybe just some high level, you know, kind of cybersecurity best practices? Um, if I were a business owner in that position, and I am, um, what, what sorts of things would you say, listen, company wide, here are when it comes to you know because you're logging into to, to internal systems you're you know potentially accessing you know client uh, uh, you know um, accounts or whatever um, and and we want to keep that locked down. Are there any best practices like Josh? If there were you know one two three pieces of advice I would give to every small business in that situation. Number one. And I'll let you take it from there. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. So, you, you know, what's interesting is that uh, most cybersecurity infrastructure actually works very well. M most systems, supply chain uh, infrastructure like cloud services, for example, AWS or others, Azure, those are well locked down environments. Okay. It's hard to break into them. It's hard to take data out of them. And, and it takes a lot of effort for the bad guys to actually go and do that. And, and, and they are successful sometimes. Most often they're not successful. What happens when you have a breach within your company is most likely it's a social engineering attack. So someone sent an email, yes. that email had an attachment, someone opens it up in a company unknowingly what's behind it, creates a hole, and then the bad guys are inside. So the most fundamental one is don't open attachments from people or parties you're not familiar with. And so it's, it's a very sort of fundamental decision you have to make, right? Look at the URL, look at the email address, look at the link that it's linking to. Does it match the URL it's coming from? And if you don't know this entity, you've never heard of them, don't open the email, don't open the attachment. Just default to the most conservative position at all times. The worst case scenario is if this email is that important, this person or this entity will reach out to you again, they'll call you, they'll say, hey, did you get my email? And then you can communicate with them and figure it out. But the most uh, uh, logical decision to make is don't open anything, don't install it, don't click on the links that you're not familiar with. If you can do that, and your staff can do that, and you're going to be much safer, much better off. Um, you know, than by investing heavily into cybersecurity because you should have you know zero trust policy within your organization when it comes to this kind of communication. Just don't trust anything. Mm -hmm. And so, if you do that, then you, you're going to be much safer. And so um, on top of maintaining your antivirus software, on top of maintaining VPN access when you're um, you know, traveling or you're accessing uh, companies' infrastructure remotely or you have contractors. Um, the other thing that, uh, just real quick, is that when you, when you let go of someone, whether it's a contractor or an employee, make sure you terminate their access points. It's passwords, usernames, or whatever access they have, so that someone someone else cannot breach their account and then access your your infrastructure. Yeah, um, 
So, uh, Gary, in terms of now, uh, boy, there's so many things. Like, I'm just going through your website. I mean, we could talk about hacked emails. We could talk about VPNs. I, uh, you know, all these things. Like, I have concerns over as a business owner myself. And does I, I would imagine a use case would be you know, maybe there's a, some of these products would be appropriate for small business owners to roll out or dole out to all of their uh, employees or their, you know, if they've got independent contractors that are handling sensitive information say, listen, if you're going to be handling this kind of information, you need to have this installed because at least that's going to help you to, you know, mitigate some damage outside of some of the very simple behavioral things that we talked about. Um, right. You know, just, you know, number one, you know, please train your people, you know, to, you know, some of these very basic things, because I agree with you. And I've heard this uh, time again, is that's your biggest vulnerability is user error, you know, just user behavior. Right. Well, I think every company, no matter how big the size, whether you have two employees or a hundred should train their staff on cybersecurity, just basic stuff. And every new employee that comes in and every existing employee, every couple of months or let's say six months have a very, you know, quick training, maybe 15 to 20 minutes, watch this video, take a test, get yourself familiarized with new threats, because th- this is part of life. It's like, you know, it's having a bumper in a, in a, on your car and having putting a seatbelt on when you get inside yeah. your car. It's the same thing. You got to do it. And it saves you and saves you from a lot of problems, financial, reputational, there's all kinds of risks associated with cybersecurity. It's not just having your password stolen, right? And so you need to really take it seriously, especially in the time that we live in today, even more so seriously. And so um, I think we're seeing that businesses are generally doing well. It's not like most businesses in the United States or worldwide are subject to some massive cyber attack. They're doing actually great. And, and, and education is working. Cybersecurity does work for most companies, for most individuals. So we're not doing bad. This is, we're doing great actually. Yeah. Gary Gusainov, uh, again, your website, Real Defense, it's R-E-A-L-D-E-F-E-N dot S-E. And then when you click on our brands, you'll see the full suite as of when we're recording this. There are 12 major brands you probably are going to be familiar with uh, that you could click there in terms of implementation uh, within your organizations. Um, there's there's some really smart technology here um, that's very, very exciting. Um, other than that, uh, Gary, when somebody goes to Real Defense, uh, what what would you recommend? Particularly, I would say, you know, maybe if there's a bigger B2B type um, opportunity to partner with you. So on B2B side, we partner with resellers who want to optimize their existing revenue streams and increasing their lifetime value or their average order value. And so if you sell products or services online and you're selling, let's say, software or you're selling whatever you're selling, insurance or you're selling some other uh, service, you can bolt on our products. And a lot of our partners do that. They take their existing products and they say, look, for another $20 a month or $50 a month, you can add this to your subscription. And so that works really well. We're easy to integrate with. We have processes in place that make it really fast for our partners to get on board. We have a licensing management system that can track third-party sales. We pay quickly and pay you know, every 30 days or we can play, pay even faster for our partners or the partner can take money and pay us. And so we work in all, on all spectrums of licensing or reseller engagement. Yeah. yeah if you've got a, if you've got a good... 
Oh yeah, if you got a great client pool, a great book of business, a great partnership yeah. opportunity. What what a great win win partner. Win win. Everybody wins, right? Uh, you know, your clients are safer, secure. It's a great revenue stream, and of course, right. uh, it's it's good for Gary and his team. So, <laughs> Gary, right, you know, we, we picked this industry for a reason, and uh, we're now putting a lot of focus on privacy controls, and we're yes. finding that a lot of consumers and businesses don't know what the operating system is doing, what Google is doing, what the browser is doing. And so you've got to put a lot of thought into that as a business because your behaviors are being tracked and most times it's not beneficial to you. And so you need to understand how to navigate through this area and have the, the tools to allow you to give some access and then block certain access. And so we have tools that do that with an IOLO uh, um, system mechanic product. We have these controls in place. Yeah. Awesome. Gary Gusainov, thank you so much for joining us. CEO of Real Defense on the web at realdefend.se. Gary, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, we have an audience of over 120,000 that we would love to promote your story to. Please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. I'm also so excited to announce our new Thoughtful Entrepreneur High Ticket Sales Coaching Program, which you can try absolutely free, no credit card needed. Head to upmyinfluence.com slash free. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. What do you win? Well, we will promote you and retweet you and re-share you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans totally free. Can you also hook us up in your podcast player right now? please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review and we promise to read it all and take action. Thank you if you've done this already. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, please hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 to 20 minutes a day. My name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.